I personally don't feel like I need to ask someone at an auction or once they've settled saying, hey, if you can, if you're happy with our service, could you please leave us a review? I know they're happy. I know that they will go on their own accord and, and they'll find the links based on our email and they leave glowing reviews. I think if we have to ask, we're doing the wrong thing. You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers and leaders. With thanks to our partner Connect Now, Elevate brings you the best tools, thinking and strategies to elevate your results. To get access to all of Elite Agent's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast, visit joineliteagent.com. And for more information about how Connect Now can make moving easier on your clients, visit connectnow.com.au. Here is your host, Samantha McLean. Welcome to another episode of the Elevate podcast, where we delve into some of the most interesting minds in business and in real estate for the very best tips and strategies for you to implement to elevate your business. I'm Samantha McLean, editor of Elite Agent and host of today's show. My guest today is Daniel DiBattista, the founder of DiBattista Real Estate in Melbourne's North. Daniel launched his brand with Urban X in 2020, and despite starting an agency in the middle of a pandemic in what was known as Australia's most lockdown city, he's gone from strength to strength. So, Daniel, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. appreciate it. I just mentioned you're based in Melbourne. So, what's it like in real estate there since restrictions have been lifted? A little bit back to normal now. It's 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 been a very very interesting uh, 12 to 24 months in uh, real estate with with all the COVID restrictions, lockdowns, uh, erratic market conditions, prices up, down, people buying unseen. Dad's been doing this for 38, 39 years and he said he's never ever seen some of the things we've seen in the last 12 months. Yeah, it's interesting. I want to talk about your dad because he's been in the industry for for many, many years, yeah? Yep. Yeah, 39 I believe it is this year. Yeah. So what are some of the things that he feels like he's he's never seen in his 39 years? Uh, well, the, the the most straightforward one would be people buying houses unseen. Yeah. Uh, um, based on a, a lot of these sort of video tours now that we do and 3D virtual tours and all that sort of thing. Technology is obviously something a lot of people, you know, we're seeing new things every day, but just the fact that people are spending, I think our highest one we had was $800,000 um, for a property in Beveridge at that they'd never set foot on. They'd only seen. Actually, we didn't even have a virtual tour. We just FaceTimed them through that one, and they purchased it and didn't didn't see it until the final inspection four weeks later. Amazing, <laughs> yeah. amazing. Um, I, well, I know. Um, I mean, I did the same thing, but in a different direction. We moved north, and and um, you know, sort of, we're on the end of a few FaceTimes ourselves. Yeah. Um, is is that pretty normal for your market at the moment? Like people moving in. Yeah, look, a lot of first home buyers, but at the moment, um, because of the work from home uh, situation, we're finding we're in the outer north. We're finding people are, uh, are moving to either our suburb or further out north. So they're potentially selling in our suburb in, in, in the north and going even further up, up the Hume Highway um, because there's no need to travel into the CBD for work. Um, or the airport, which is on our on our northern side, uh, they they can work remotely from home three or four days a week. Uh, maybe travel into into the city once a week or once a month for a meeting. So we're finding a lot of people are actually moving further out based on the work from home conditions. That I think are actually probably here to stay for a lot of industries. 
I was going to say, what's it like? Are you used to Zooming with clients and stuff now? Like how have you found that over the last 12 months? Yeah, well, we had a – it's cut back a lot now that we can, given certain certain circumstances, travel within, you know, people's houses and all that sort of thing based on all the uh, COVID restrictions and regulations. But, uh, for example, last night we still had a vendor meeting that was just easier for, for all parties involved to do it on Zoom. Uh, and it's it's more of a normal thing now. So I think previously last year and the start of this year was a little bit, you know, unfamiliar territory. But now it's it's literally like, hey, can we can we catch up on a Zoom tonight at eight thirty? And it's like, yeah, no worries. And there's no technical difficulty. Everyone knows how to do it. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely more normal now. That's for sure. So you specialise in Melbourne's north and particularly in Craigieburn, which you just mentioned, and I was reading that you love the area for its diversity. So can you tell us a little bit about your market and the types of properties that you sell? Yep. Um, the diversity is what keeps, I think, every day interesting for us um, and it's probably what's kept Dad in that sort of corridor for the last, you know, almost 40 years. Uh, it's a very multicultural area so we're dealing with all different backgrounds nationalities religions which is awesome because you get to learn a lot about other people as well but we vary from first-time buyers um, based on its affordability investors first-time investors uh, people with 10 properties um, uh, your upsizes because some people will will stay in that area so they will just upsize and then the other thing is we've got properties in in Craigieburn and Mickler, which is a surrounding suburb, which are in the vicinity of two to three, four million dollar uh, properties. So you can have a, a townhouse for three hundred fifty thousand, or you can have a two and a half million dollar two acre house. Um, so the diversity with with the people we deal with, but also the properties that we we get to sell, um, really keeps things interesting. Yeah, amazing. And so let's talk about your dad. You just said that he's been in the industry for 40 years or something like that. What was it like for you growing up around real estate? I remember as a, uh, as a child, I used to inherit his briefcase when he traded one up. <laughs> uh, he'd, buy, he'd get his new briefcase and I'd inherit his older one. And I had all his brochures and I had his floor plans from when he was doing a lot of um, house land package as well. And I think we supply as kids as we'll pretend sort of uh, real estate agents. But um, it was interesting, yeah, I, 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 vaguely because I was quite young. Um, but I do remember sitting in a caravan with him, which was a mobile office, um, selling blocks of land in, in what now is prime real estate. But back then was just, was paddock. Um, yeah. I remember my uncle was a real estate agent when I was growing up and he used to make me drop letterbox drops with him was there any of that funny you say that because now my three children are involved in letterbox drops and they <laughs> absolutely love it we, we go for a walk and they've uh two of them are more uh <laughs> more how can i say they they enjoy it more than the other one but they they get involved and they uh they enjoy driving around putting our boards up on a saturday morning and make sure the boards have got their flags up it's just a little bit a bit of a thing and we grab them a hot chocolate on the way around in winter on a Saturday morning and it's a bit of a tradition now. So, yeah, I didn't do letterbox drops back then, but I think my kids will have that memory. Obviously, there's a great deal of experience to draw on there um, from your dad. What yep. sort of what, what are some of the pearls of wisdom that he's passed down to you? I think there's one that it's all, it, it's basic, it's quite basic, but it's, um, it's something that we all sort of 
when I first got into real estate, um, I, I took it on board and, and it sort of, it makes sense, but it's, I think his testament to being an agent in a certain region, a certain area for so long consistently and having multiple generational sales. So he sold the parents and then he'll get involved in their kids. And now he's almost dealing with grandchildren of the original people that he's dealt with. And it all comes back to um, just being decent from day one. Never, never, uh, never having, how can I say it? Ne- never burning someone, never having that sort of always make sure that they're, the, the, our after service, I think dad is known for his after service. It, this, we don't, our, our relationship with our vendors and our buyers starts once we hand over keys. It's not, it's not just from when we get the listing. So the, our buyers are not um, ignored once they've settled their house and they've got their keys. That's, to us, that's the start of our relationship now and it continues on. And, and I think dad's testament to that because he's, uh, not that they had Google back then, but I don't think he would have had one bag Google reviewed the last 40 years if, if they did have Google back then because it's just the way we've looked after our uh, buyers and vendors. No, and, and I think just treat others how, how we would expect to be treated if we were on the other side of that. If we just made a big seven dollars $800,000 purchase, is a key ring enough? You know what I mean? We, we, uh, we, we go the extra mile. We go the extra mile. And you must have a lot of people say to you now, I knew your dad. Yes, yes. Um, well, I get the phone call. Are you Rocco's son? It's like, yep, that's <laughs> it is. That's like, yep, it's, it's the same name. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, we get a lot of that. It, it's good. It's, I think, the main reason when we are uh, when we teamed up with Urban X and to not, you know, find a generic real estate name was because of dad's uh history with within the area. It, it, it was a no brainer to, to name our business after our surname. I think because we did that, our initial kickoff was actually quite well received by the public because they, they recognized the name and they, they ranked to not, they didn't ring to, to say we want to buy a sole house. They ranked to say, congratulations. Like we know who you guys are and that's awesome. And it was really good vibes when we first kicked off. Yeah. And I love your t-shirt there too, actually. It looks, looks, yeah, looks, thank you. looks really good. Yeah. Thanks. So in 2020, like as you just said, you decided to start your own brand. So what prompted you to go out on your own? We saw a shift with COVID and the lockdown and we saw opportunity. Um, it, it was no one knew what was happening um, in regards to where things were going to end up going. We, we were working from home for the last three or four months selling properties from our lounge rooms and Zooms and this and that. And uh, I guess uh, initially... Um, I saw some gaps in the system that I was uh, previously in. And I came from a, a different background before I came into real estate. Um, and I, I saw ways that we could possibly implement that customer service level into real estate. Um, just seen a lot of flaws in the real estate system with customer service, given that we're dealing with people's sort of biggest assets. Um, and then I guess the opportunity with lockdown gave us time to think, look into things, research, um, and, and honestly, I didn't look for Urban X. I didn't look for Dan. I think we, we just found each other because I was looking around for certain, uh, sorry, similar systems and franchises. And we looked at all different avenues. And then I just stumbled across, funny enough, uh, within one of your, um, your email mail outs for a lead agent. And I saw, I thought this is interesting and clicked it and had a conversation with him probably half hour later with Dan Argent and the rest was history. It just kicked off from there. But, um, the, the, I think the main thing was is that why we decided to do things different is because 
I couldn't find a franchise model that was going to sort of suit our style of real estate. Was running your own agency something that you'd always planned or was it just, you know, as you said, some something that, you know, like came up and the opportunity came up so you grabbed it? I've always wanted to own uh, our own business. It wasn't necessarily real estate because it had been sort of in me for the last maybe 10, 15 years to sort of how could we – I've always had that sort of niggly thing. You know, I'd like to do it one day. Um, and then after falling into real estate, I, I, I used to sit there and watch Dad sort of operate and with with such innings you know, in him and uh, his, his, um, his history there, I just couldn't comprehend why he, after all these years – he was still working for someone else when it was always, he had his own brand, but he didn't have it. He had it, but it was, you know what I mean? So I sort of saw it from, a, from, from outside looking at it and it did sort of trigger off thinking, you know what, maybe, maybe one day we'll open up our own business. But I think COVID sped it all up because I think it ultimately was going to come, but it, it might've been another three, four, five, maybe even 10, I, I don't know. But COVID definitely sped up, sped up that whole process. It's funny, I know a couple of people who actually have started businesses during, um, you know, the last year's lockdowns. Yep. Um, was there anything that you were particularly worried about, given that you you yourself started a business during lockdown? Yeah, definitely. So we, uh, to be honest, I just thought, um, okay, we've, we've got our name, we've got our brand, Dad's, Dad's got some, you know, we've got some following, but are we enough to sort of go out on our own and compete with the big boys? Um, and it was probably one of the biggest fears I had was, are we doing the right thing? Like, is anyone even going to know who we are? Um, it, it, you know, is it, is it, is it achievable? Will we, will we sort of crash and burn or will we sort of, you know, continue on? So we, it, it took a few weeks of convincing us, I think ourselves in our own head that we can do this. And, and uh, I must admit, Dan, um, from Urban X gave us a lot of confidence with, with that um, and sort of backed it up with how we would market it. And I think I was just doing some marketing today. I think it comes back to marketing. The, the plan that we had for our launch and the way we marketed from actually right up until today from when we launched, it's been consistent. And I think that's helped us sort of get the brand out there and um, climb up to where we are at the moment within, within our core suburb. So what are some of the things that you did on on launch with your marketing plan? Because I love talking about marketing. So what, what are some yeah. of the favorite things that, that you've done? Ultimately, we, we, we have missed out on one thing, but I've parked it because of COVID. But we did want to have an event. We thought that the, the day we launched, which was I think the 1st of October, was our first day of freedom from whatever lockdown that was. I think lockdown number two. Um but it was still heavily restricted. So we did want to sort of have an event. We wanted to sort of have a bit of a community thing and sort of give back and, um, and go from there. But that's still parked at the moment because of the restrictions. But I think uh, at the moment, from, 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 that, from then, it was as basic as letterbox drops, um, very heavy on social media. Uh, because you've you got to think, we, we've, we've started from, from scratch. No database, no nothing. It's just our name. So um, we, we had, I think we had about 20, 20 or 30,000 letterbox drops hit the suburbs. Uh, we got our cars all vinyl wrapped and made sure we were driving them around as much as we could within the suburb. 
um, and just presented in the suburb, just, just got out there and, and did, we wore our t-shirts, we wore our t-shirts to the gym, we wore, you know, whatever it was. And I think just consistently doing that, not just doing it for the first three, four weeks and then sort of fizzling out right up until today has really helped us um, market our surname, market our brand out there. When you talk about, um, you know, building a new brand on social media, it can be quite difficult to get traction. A lot of agents sort of tell me that it's it's quite hard to, to know what to post and when. Um, if I could ask you a couple of questions about that, like yeah. what was what was your best social media platform? Like what did you get the best response from? One of our early campaigns was to support small family business in these sort of hard times. And that was actually received really, really well. And I think uh, we, we do the same in regards to our suppliers. We, I'd rather go for the smaller guy now or the family guy, you know, in regards to our settlement gifts or whatever it might be. I think COVID, again, has, has, has got a lot to, uh, to, to explain there. But I think the support for a small family business um, really went well. It was really received. A lot of shares, a lot of people reaching out saying, hey, we, we've seen you on on Facebook, you know, congratulations, because again, we had no database. So we sort of had to start from the start and, um, and, and get that going. But besides that, I think um, just our success stories for right up until today, I think just making sure that our success stories are out there and people see that the brand's tracking along well and, and, and there is success with it. People love smiling faces and sold stickers and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Well, I think there's a lot of synergy there for you guys to be authentic, being a small family business yourselves and yep. appealing to small family businesses. Yep. There's a lot to, lot to like about that. I think there's a whole uh, – some people still get in um, – there's certain people that don't think that we actually work on their houses. So Dad and I, whether it's as a director or as the senior – we actually go to the opens. We'll do the final inspections. We'll do like we, so they, and we've always implemented that from the start. You, you get us. Yeah. If we're at the listing presentation, we don't just then handball it to, to the others. Um, we're there. We're there for the photography. We're there to help you cut the grass. We're, we're there to, we're there on auction day for sure, but we present. And, and I think they love that, that it's not just, okay, so you're at the start and then you sort of, because that can happen with, I, I hear that a lot within our industry. Um, so we, we make sure that we're there right through. And I think just it's just the extra the little one percenters. Like we ask our vendors to do the little one percenters to their house, we do the same thing for our service. And so let's talk leadership for a little bit. Like how do you and your dad work together now as, as leaders of the business? Do you have different roles or do you sort of, you know, just work on your own businesses or how does that work? It's a good question. So... Dad and I have always got along in work from when I first started. A lot of I hear a lot of people um, with a family-run business that, no, I could never do it. I could never work with mum. I could never work with dad. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't do it. For some funny reason, um, dad and I actually work really well. But I think it just comes down to one thing, and it's just respecting others, uh, our, our, our opinions on, on something. So... I generally will lead the business in that sense, but dad has a lot of input from what he might either think based on experience, based on his own personal vibe about a situation. And we don't, and with the team of five, they've all got, um, it's an open book. You know, there's no, so again, it's not sort of set up like a franchise where it's like, sorry guys, but that's not part of the instruction manual. It doesn't work. Like I want everyone to voice their opinion. We're different from this from the get go. I don't want our team, our other agents to to sort of 
fall into that trap of being guided by an instruction mate. If you've got an idea, whether it's a marketing idea, whether it's uh, something about a specific house, or an auction cat, whatever it might be, voice it. Let's hear it out, and we'll take it to the team on our Tuesday morning meetings. That's a great idea, actually. Like let let everyone brainstorm ideas and things yeah. like that because you never know what's around the corner, do you? No, in today's world with with marketing ideas, with just all that sort of thing, nothing nothing is a stupid question anymore. There's no stupid ideas. There's there's so much out there at the moment, um, and I think being different is so good. Yeah, it's a perfect time to rewrite the rules, actually, I yeah. think. Yep. Yeah, totally. Also, speaking of leadership, I guess um, Dan and the Urban X guys helped you launch the business. What sort of ongoing support do you get from, from the Urban X crew? It definitely does not stop. It just gets better with those guys. Um, and, and we're really, really appreciative of what they do for us day in, day out. Um, I, I tell people... I. I I get a lot of phone calls from agents in actually I won't say Melbourne with, with with across Australia. I get a lot of agents bringing up saying how how are you find the Urban X? We're you know we're we're looking into it or we're thinking of or we're about to sign or whatever stage they're at. And I probably get at least one or two a month, um, and we have a good half hour chat with a few. Um, I, I tell them the same thing. At the start, it sounded too good to be true. And it was, it was, it was, this, this can't be, it can't be that good. Signed up, it started, it has not ended. It is not, ended. it's the 1st of December today, nearly, I think it's 14 months later. Every day is consistently um, supported, um, coached, just everything, just service. It's been really good. It's been really good. And I notice um, I did stalk you before this interview and I noticed that you've got a lot of five-star reviews and positive testimonials on on Google and things. Yep. Um, what do you attribute that to? Like what makes people or how do you get people to go to Google and, and say these guys are amazing? It's not a matter of asking for the review. I, I truly believe that if you need to ask for the review at the end of it all, you probably haven't done enough. So we make sure that from day one, our service is impeccable from, from day one, right through to every appointment, every day of that campaign until they settle and they hand over the keys. We don't ask for a review. We do, don't get me wrong, we have a, a, a system where it, it'll go out and send, um, it'll send the links to our, to our clients. But I personally don't feel like I need to ask someone at an auction or once they've settled saying, hey, if you can, if you're happy with our service, could you please leave us a review? I know they're happy. I know that they will go on their own accord and, and they'll find the links based on our email and they leave glowing reviews. I think if we have to ask, we're doing the wrong thing. Actually, that's, that's really interesting. So you start with the review that you want to get and then provide the service in yeah. that, that will get you that review. Yeah. Uh, like I told the gentleman yesterday, I asked him why, he, uh, why he'd, he'd called me um, and he, he basically said, I just read the reviews. And he goes, they're all, they're all saying the same thing. I said, well, yeah. I said, we try to be consistent with our service and, and that should show against our reviews. It should be a common trend. Absolutely. And so what's next for Dee Batista Real Estate? We're still young. We're still very young. Um, but at the same time, we're, we want to keep growing. Year on year, we want to grow. Um, not necessarily just the team, but that will grow as well. So we've, we've gone from kicking off as three to five, I think was within the first six months. Um, now, uh, I think for, from here, it's 
look, the suburb where we are, the region is fantastic. And there's just so much growth in a sense of product, house and land. There's so much stuff going on that we would need to grow as a team to be able to service the amount of population that's coming. So ideally, yeah, just to continue to grow, to keep our service at this sort of level and to, to get better at things, keep adapting to COVID and it's all its different strains that it wants to throw out at us, whatever it wants to do, we just keep adapting. And at the end of the day, though, just keep being honest with people, giving 100% service um, and making sure that, well, as you just said, our service will speak in, into our review at the end. As long as those reviews keep coming through based on how we've treated people through the through the campaigns, we just keep going. And you mentioned it a couple of times, so I've got to ask the question um, about your settlement gifts. So what are you what are your favorite settlement gifts? It's funny you say that. Our settlement gifts, they're tailored. That's why they're different. So um, it's not a generic box with some cookies and a bottle of wine. It it can be. It can be a bottle of wine and a thing, but we, we take note of what people do, what they like, what's their family, have they got kids, have they got pets? Do they need a, a, some treats for their dog in, inside that hamper box? Um, uh, they're non-drinkers. We don't give them alcohol. If you know, if they're, if they're, uh, I won't. I haven't had this situation, but if they're gluten intolerant, we'll get a gluten intolerant hamper. Uh, they're all tailored, and I think that's. I think at the end of the day, people go, okay, well, that's interesting. They actually took the time and effort to realise that I don't drink, or I don't like chocolates, or I prefer flowers, or I prefer. So I think just having that sort of tailored approach which we've, we have from our get-go at the listing presentation. It's a tailored approach. And it's, again, being that smaller sort of business, we can do that. It's not a numbers game for us. It's not about having 20, 30 houses to sell a, a month or a week. It's, it's more about having just good quality vendors, properties, service, and it all flows. Well, Daniel, it's been great having you on the podcast and thank you so much for sharing some of your tips and, and knowledge and experience with us. I asked this question of all of our guests, if there was one thing or one piece of advice that you could leave people with, what would it be? I would have done this a lot earlier. Um, and my father says the same thing. He he probably just didn't have, I think he mentioned last time we spoke about this, he just didn't have the, uh, the platform or... He, or me in the in the industry to sort of uh, see that, but um, we we say it quite often. We probably say it once a month to each other. We should have done this earlier. We should have done this a lot earlier. So if you're thinking about getting out there, if you're thinking of being a little bit different or, or expanding into your own into your own uh, business, do it. Don't wait. It, it's it's so rewarding, and it's just a, such and and it transpires through to your to your clients. They 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 know. They feel it. Yeah, life's too yeah. short, right? Life's too short, definitely. And who knows what's around the corner? Absolutely. Well, hopefully not more COVID in 2022. No, but... no, no. <laughs> Daniel D. Batista, thank you so much. Thanks, Samantha. I appreciate it. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Elevate podcast. With thanks to connectnow.com.au. Don't forget to get access to all of Elite Agent's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast. Visit joineliteagent.com. 